Praise God. Good morning, church. Good morning, Norwich. How are you today? I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be here with you. I hope you are glad as well. And I hope you remain glad after the service. <laughs> I bring you greetings from Ipswich, where God lives. <laughs> I understand he often visits Norwich. So he sends, he sends his love. <laughs> and then after you here this morning with uh, my wife of 30 years. Yeah, so she's here with me. And also, um, I told them I'll be here and we tend to do quite a number of things. He's the head of our stewards in Ipswich. So Shurik as well and Piali, they are here. So we just make them feel welcome. So Shura will be here very briefly to just say hello to the church and then also um, Shurik as well. Yeah. So is there a microphone or you uh, have to? Do you need to? I think everyone can hear. Yeah. Hello, morning church. Morning. 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 It's good to see you all. I like the name of your church, One Church. Amen. It just reminds us that we are one, one family, one baptism. One Holy Spirit, one faith, one salvation. So we're all one. And then I was ministered to by the Son. It says, Open up my heart, open up my eyes so that I can see, so that my heart can be filled up, so that you will lead me, you will show me great and mighty things which we did not know. So I'm praying today that God's, our eyes will be open to what God has for us today. You all look lovely, and I'm sure we'll all have a blessed time together. Amen. Thank you very much. Shall we come on, come on, come on, to the church in Norwich. Good morning, church. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to see you all. I come from the place where God lives, anyway. Yes. <laughs> but it's so, so good to be here. I really feel the presence of God here. It's so lovely to see you all, and it's really... I'm looking forward to it uh, for the uh, service as well, for the, for the message. And I, I really uh, love to mix people with the Godly people. And I, I really love to be here and, and meet you all in here today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sure. Now that you are part from both of them, you have stuck with me for I don't know how long. So the first thing I do when I want to speak is to kill my least watch. So we don't know what the time is. I'll just go on and on and on. What's the rush? We are in the presence of the Lord. So where are we going? Stay there. Amen. Good. Um, I got I mean, I knew I was coming here for a while. And uh, the question then is, what will I be talking about? You know, and I think I have a message for you. Now, what we do in Ipswich is, in the last three years or so, we pray every morning at 6 o'clock. And when we, the country went into lockdown, we simply continued online. So every six o'clock, corporately, we come together online and we pray. And another thing we do is that uh, we take various books of the Bible, which we, because we prepare our own devotional guide. So we take the scriptures and we break them down on a daily basis. So we, we are always reading one portion of scripture or another. So this year, after our usual Daniel fast of three weeks in January, we've been looking at the gospel according to Luke. 
you know. So in the last two weeks, we are in chapter nine. And so when, you know, Anya will be speaking today, I just want to share with you some things we've been thinking about, meditating on, reflecting on in the last two weeks. Is that fair? Okay. Um, if the, the scripture, I mean, the, the, my slides will come up, I, uh, because Luke chapter 9 is a very long chapter, I will just read a few portions, um, a few verses here and there, and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll just start with verses 1, 2, um, 6, and 10. So they'll come up on the screen, and what I want us to do is, okay, we'll stand up, Together we'll clear our throats and we'll read the scriptures together. And it's very important for you to hear yourself read the scriptures. Is that right? Is that fair? Good. So we'll stand up together. We'll clear our throats as we read from Luke chapter 9 verses 1, 2, 6 and 10 from ESV, English Standard Version. Shall we? Go. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everyone. Yes? Verse 10. We'll stop at verse 10. On their return, the apostles told them all that they had done, and he took them and he drew apart to a town called Bethesda. Let us pray. Father, the entrance of your word and the entrance to your word gives light and it also gives understanding to the simple. So this morning, this brief moment we have together as we go into your word, we ask for light. We ask for insight, we ask for understanding, and above all, we ask for courage and boldness to obey you in Jesus' name. And we pray that as we are here, we will not just be here in person, but we will be present and we will understand. So that when the enemy comes knocking, there is nothing to steal, for we will have understood that which you have said. And all this we demand and ask for in Jesus' name. And let the church say, Amen. 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 Please be seated. So I just want to share a few thoughts from this scripture. And if there is time, we might go on to a few other verses from the same chapter. Now, Jesus calls the twelve together. And I like to be interactive, so I'll be asking questions. So please feel free to respond. He called the twelve together like we read. And if you just okay, it's on the screen. Good. And what did he give them? Power. I don't want to be outside of your range, so I, you know, so I can't, is it good there? Okay. Good. What did he give them? All demons. All demons. And to do what? 
And then in verse 2, he tells them to do what? And to heal. So let's list what he has done. He called the 12 together. He authorized them. He gave them authority. He also empowered them. He gave them power over all demons and to cure or heal diseases. And then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Number one, I want to submit that it was not just the twelve that Jesus did this too, because the following chapter he called seventy-two others also, and he empowered them, he authorized them, and mandated them to do the same thing. Then after that, after his resurrection in Mark sixteen and Matthew twenty-eight, what else? Does it do? What does it do? We see him saying to the church, go into all the world and make disciples of every ethnos, every people group. Short, tall, fat, thin, yellow, purple, gray, educated, uneducated, every people group. Teaching them to observe all I have taught you. Behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And before then, in verse 18, he says, All, say all, authority in heaven and on earth have been handed over to me. For the first time since creation, I mean, since the fall of man, authority in both heaven and on earth reside in one man, Christ Jesus. And he says, I give you that. This is what he is giving the disciples. And by implication, not just the 12 that were with him at that point in time, but by implication, everyone who has come to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. It's a mandate. It's a mandate that he has given everyone. And verse 6, and they departed and went to the villages, preaching the gospel and the what? Healing everywhere. Say everywhere. everywhere. Outside the church building. At home, in the office, in Sainsbury, in John Lewis, in Tesco, in Aldi, in Lidl, everywhere they went, they were in gyms. In the pub, everywhere they went, they were expressing the kingdom of God and the authority of His Christ, and they were showing the power that God had given to them. That's what they did. And the same thing He has done today. God never changes. Heaven and earth may pass away, but not a dot of His word will go unfulfilled. He watches over his word to bring it to pass. He faces people, I am the Lord God, I change not. So if God does not change, and the mandate of Christ to the church has not changed, then today, 2022, we should be doing what he has said 
in his word. This mandate he has given us. It's important to recognize this, that the church of Christ Jesus has been given power and authority over all demons. The problems of the world, I believe, are mainly caused by demons. They are the ones that oppress people. They are the ones that instigate people to do silly things. They are the ones that torment and torture. They are the ones that try to keep people away from knowing Christ. They are the ones that cause most of the things we see in the world today. The Bible doesn't tell us much about the origins of demons, but there are clear indications and directions as how to get rid of them and how to stop them in their activities. And Jesus says, authority, power have been given to you if you are Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. And I think it's important to do that. So what I'm going to do is, let me just quickly check, you know, where we are in this. Is there anyone here this morning who has Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord? I just want to be sure we know where we are. Okay. If Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, then say after me, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I believe his word. And I can read from Luke chapter 9. Verse 1, one. That, he has given me that he has given me power, power authority, authority over all demons, and mandated me to heal the sick. I believe it. And I will act on that. You just made a commitment. You've got yourself into obeying God by your words. So you have to be very careful what you say if you don't mean it. But you are just got you to obey God. So you have to look for opportunities to do this. It's just that like this. I've been saved for a long time now. But I it wasn't from day one that I began to believe the Bible. But as I began to grow and I began to ask questions, why is the church powerless? Why are we so sickly? Why are we so weak? And I began to read the Bible. And then you come across a place like this. And I was like, is this addressed to us or to them at those times they were living or to both? When I began to say that this has my name in it, is addressed to anyone and everyone who is following Jesus Christ. I said, I'm going to obey this. That's how I began to go out. When I began to understand, the first thing that happened was that my prayer changed. I changed how I prayed. Because when I then recognized what Jesus has done, not what we will do, when I recognized what Jesus has done for me, for us, for the world, I began to see things differently. So I recognized that part of the atonement was the healing of our bodies. Okay. Part of what he did 
received on the cross of Calvary was the salvation of everyone. He wanted everyone saved, and guess what he has done? He has provided for it. Let me ask you this. What does Jesus need to do now? What does God need to do now to save anyone? What does God need to do? Think about it. What, what, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I was too far ahead of myself. What needs to be done for anyone to be saved? Yes, but then what needs to be done for them to give their life to Jesus? Sorry? Go to church. Yeah. I know, but before you get there, before, before somebody, somebody. To hear the word. That's it. They've got to know. How would they know? Somebody has to tell them. Somebody has to tell them. What does God need to do? Sent us out to proclaim the kingdom of God. 
is the scripture. And, and that's how I've begun to read the Bible. When I see that he's addressing us, I put my name there. So it's not just, so I'm not asking, oh Lord, um, send A or B. No, you have sent us. You have sent me. And I'm sent. So I tell myself, I'm praying by myself. I say, Father, I'm thanking you because you have authorized us, you have empowered us, and mandated us to preach the gospel of your of, your, of the kingdom and to heal the sick. Now, Lord, how do I do this? It requires training. It requires training. And these are some of the things we can talk about. So that, but then even without being trained, you start somewhere. I go to the gym three, four times a week. Not only to keep fit, but it provides me opportunity to meet people. And I'm always looking for an opportunity to be able to tell people the good news. You know why? I've been sent. Let's do it together. We have been sent. And so we should be looking for opportunities to meet people and share the good news with them. So I'm in the gym, or I'm in the swimming pool, in the sauna area, or in the in the steam room, or you know, and I'm there, and or you're changing, and somebody say, oh, uh, maybe Friday, oh, are you glad today's Friday? And all that. I say, yeah, I'm always glad it's every day. Oh, because they're looking forward to the weekend and all that. And I say, well, for me, the weekend is usually the busiest time of the week. Oh, really, what do you do? Do you really want to know what I do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, I love, I enjoy it. And I tell them what I do. How I tell them depends on who I'm talking to. Because um, there are some people I tell I'm a minister. And there are some people I say I'm an ambassador. I represent the kingdom. Kingdom? Okay, now you want to know. I've got their interest. I share with them. <coughs> or we get talking and they tell me, oh, they're swimming on their back and all that because they've got some back problem. And I remember this. What has it given us? Uh, and uh, over uh, and to And I'll say, I can do something about that. You get the attention. Yeah, yeah. I can do something about that. What can you really do? That Jesus said, if I lay my hands on the sick, they will recover. Do you want me to lay hands more often than what they do? A few instances where they say no, and they say yes. Right there. Right there. I lay my hands on them. Now, when I lay my hands on them, remember the mandate. He hasn't told me, oh, I'm, I'm not telling God what to do. I'm in the position of obedience doing what he has said to be done. So what am I doing? I don't know what the problem is, but I'm speaking to the situation. If they say it's their back, I said, I command you back in the name of Jesus to respond to what I'm saying. Jesus said, when I lay my hands on the sick, they will recover. I demand total, complete recovery now. I remember Chris. 
Ito the intention. And I was saying in the world. Oh, Chris, I was in the world. They said, Oh, yes, because he had a cyst in his hand and so he was avoiding water. I said, Oh, so he couldn't swim because of that. He's been told to avoid. I said, Oh, what's that? I said, It's not everybody. I said, I can do something about that. So, what can you really do? I said, Jesus says, If I lay my hands on the sick, they will recover and I'm going to swim. I said, Oh, yeah, sure, sure, do God. Lay my hands and touch it in the name of Jesus. I spoke to it. A few days later, Chris was looking for me. He said, what is what you did? Stop! I said, Jesus said, he said, God answers your prayers. How would you like to be known as someone whose prayers are answered? But how will you know if you don't practice? You just do it. Go out there. Just do it. Just do it. You stumble? Just do it. I come from a culture where when you are sent on an errand, it's the one who sends you on the errand that you are more afraid of than the one you are sent to. So what I mean is this, Jesus has sent us. I'm responsible and answerable to him. So I'm not looking at your face, I just do what he has said. So when I'm in an every opportunity of, you know, I'll say, this is what Jesus has said. Can I pray for you? Can I lay my hands on you? I expect him to do what he has said. In obedience to his word. What if it doesn't work? I go to the next person, I'll do the same thing. What if I go to the next person? I keep doing it. And then somehow you get better at it. Then you see, and then you get more sensitive. But how will you do that if you don't practice? It's not just in the church building, everywhere. Look at that. Look at verse 6. And they departed. Come on. And they departed and went to the village of Jesus. And they went everywhere. Everywhere. Say everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere is everywhere. Everywhere is what? Everywhere. Everywhere. This is the mandate of the church. This is the mandate of the church. You know, and uh, I think I'm, let's go to verse 18. Verse 18 of Luke chapter 9. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? Then verse 19, he tells them and says, And they answered him, John the Baptist, but others say, Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. Now, they've been with you for about three days. You remember going to school, you finish your course, you finish everything, and then it's time for exam. And there are only two questions. Number one, who do people say I am? You've got to submit that first before you are allowed to, go, to proceed. So they submit the answer. And it's not too difficult to pass that because it's you don't need an opinion on that. It's just based on what you have picked up from what people have been saying. Oh, it's Jeremiah. Oh, it's Elijah. Oh, it's this, it's that. So who do people say I am? It's what they say. Next question. Who do you say I am? It requires deflection. Contemplation. You've got it. it who do you, you as a person, and the time comes for each and every one of us to answer this question. 
who do you say Jesus is? And then Peter says, the Christ of God. Now, you must accept Jesus is more than a prophet. He has to be more than a prophet. He has to be more than a prophet to die for our sins and be raised again. He's more than a teacher. Because no teacher can die for our sins. He has to be son of God. He must have divinity to be able to do what he did. And it's important to recognize this. In the Old Testament, the highest you could be in terms of function on earth was to be a prophet. That means to, a prophet was someone who spoke for. So the best you could be was to speak for God. So you could say Moses was a prophet of God. Abraham was a prophet of God. Those were prophets. Those were, those, those were sportsmen and women for God. But God, Jesus is more than a prophet. Because they saw Jesus and they said, Nobody speaks like this. He spoke with authority. He says, you have heard from old. Moses told you this. He said, I'm telling you. No, in the same class. He said, oh, are, are you greater than our fathers who gave us this water by the well? He said, before your fathers were, I was. I am. Not I was, I am. So, the question we individually will have to answer to is, who is Jesus? Yes, we want the prophet. Because if you don't believe Jesus is Son of God, which means his divinity, if you don't believe that, then you'll be lacking. You will not be able to exercise with confidence the authority and the power he has given us over all demons. You remember I went to a synagogue Long before people knew who he was, the demons knew him. They recognized him. And they said, we know who you are. You are the son of God. And you come to torment us before our time. If you don't believe in his divinity, in his sonship, then you, you, something will be missing in the exercise of your authority and power over all demons. I can't help anyone. That enemies or the devil or the demons are troubling if I'm not son of God. It is the divinity that He has made available for us that helps us to get the devil off people's back. So it's important for us to be fully persuaded about this. You as a person, me as a person, who is Jesus? We've got to answer that. And I'm encouraging us to do our homework. Go back up. Who is really is Jesus? He's more than someone who meets our needs. He does that. The Lord is my shepherd. He's much more than that. He's more than somebody who comforts us. He does that. But you've got to accept and believe that this is He who has come from God. Hebrews 1 1 says, Long ago, God spoke to the fathers, through the prophet, but has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. <coughs> And he goes on to explain that his son is the express image of his person. Thomas came and said, show us the father. He said, have I been with you for this long and you are asking me to show you the father? If you have seen me, you have seen the father. I and my father are one. He's not, he's more than a prophet. 
His father and teacher is God in the flesh. And guess what? When you see Jesus, who he really is, guess what? You know who you are. We take our identity from him. Because he says, look, get to know me. Get to know the Father has sent me. I've come from the Father. And the way he has sent me, I'm sending you. Ooh. That gets me excited. By myself, I'm reading the scriptures. I'm looking at this. As the Father has sent me, so sent I you. I give you my name to use. Remember in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were walking by the gate called Beautiful. They see this guy. Remember the story? They see this guy who has been born with him, laid by the gate, and the guy's sitting down there asking for arms. And what does Peter say? Peter says, I don't carry any wallet because I don't have any money. Silver, gold, I don't have, but I have something. And I've known and I've been taught how to use it. What does it have? It said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Come on, tell you, tell your neighbor. Jesus' name is ours. He has given us his name. No prophet can give you his name. No teacher can give you his name. You have to be God to give us your name. This is a name that is recognized in everywhere in creation. The name of Moses is not. Isaiah is not. Jeremiah is not. But Jesus is what we see him and we are in him we see who we are in him and that changes so question who is Jesus how am I doing with time okay alright I'm going to land soon I think I should land with 37 let's go to 37 verse 37 I want to read this this is exciting and then we'll land it's alright Land. And guess what? If you are sick in your bodies, who may answer you today? And guess what? It's your neighbor who is in Christ that will lay hands on you and you'll be healed. Because that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. You say, oh, it has to be the preacher. No. No. Do you have Christ in you? You just obey him. Power. Authority over all demons. Because most problems, not all, but most problems are demonic roots. And that's why he's giving us what matters most power, authority over all demons. Okay, let's do 37. This is exciting. And then I will land with it. 37 to 42. Okay. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain and the great crowd met him, and behold, the man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, the Spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and chatters it, and we hardly leave him. And I begged who? Beg who? Who are the disciples today? I beg the church. I begged your disciples to what? Cast it out. But they could not. Hmm. Which verse is this? Which verse is this? 
Which verse have we just read? Come on, speak out loud. Do the numbers. Okay. Now, what happened in verse 1? Remember? He gave them an authority over. Now we get to verse 40. They couldn't do it. So he comes in. But I beg your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. And what does Jesus do? But Jesus answered, Oh, fruitless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. Now, what would the church do in many times? We will drink and build a, a, a what do you call it? A doctrine around it that the days of casting out demons is over. Just because we can't do anything, you know, God doesn't do that again. No, not Jesus. He says, bring him in. And then why was coming? The problem gets worse. The demon <laughs> recognizing his head is neck, threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But say but. But say but. But Jesus bent, tried to catch up, and said, Please go. Or pray to God and say, Oh God, do something about this. No! What does Jesus do? Talk to me. But, but Jesus the and Peter, James, and John to Mount of Transfiguration. So he's waiting for him. Jesus now comes back and he says, While you are away, I did this, and your, your disciples couldn't do it. I mean, they can't say that about knowledge. They can say that about Ipswich. They say Ipswich couldn't do it because those guys in knowledge can do it. And that's fine, you know? So you show Ipswich, you can do it. You can rebuild evil spirits. You can rebuild demons. You can tell sicknesses, go! And they will obey you. What's the practice? Walk in obedience in Jesus' name. So, what have I been saying all day today? Our head is just to encourage the church of God in knowledge. To say, we have been empowered, we have been authorized, we have been mandated, sent to the world. And those guys, in the early days, Everywhere they went, they were preaching the kingdom and they were healing the sick. That hasn't changed. Don't tell you, I said, that hasn't changed. We just need to wake up and do what he has demanded of us. Amen.
just pray. I don't know you want to pray, but just thank God for what He has sent to us. Thank Him for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the empowerment. Thank you for the authorization. Thank you for the mandate He has given us.